this, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. What better time to pour yourself a Pendleton whiskey and sit back and enjoy a little conversation than during episode number 66, according to Flint. Welcome to our podcast. And this week, but thanks, by the way, to our friends from Pendleton Whiskey, always great supporters of everything, according to Flint, outside the barrel, anything I may be doing dressed like this. This week's episode... A little more topic-driven, as we like to say, rather than guest-driven, but as it turns out, we have a great guest coming up too. But let me lay a little bit of the foundation what my main topic of discussion is here. As many of you know, if you're in the Western sports world and watch rodeo um, on the Cowboy Channel, uh, there was a little controversy in the last couple of weeks from the Houston Rodeo. Now, I'm going to say it's a controversy. It's part of rodeo because I think people went too far in saying that young Bo Cooper, the tie-down roper, was a victim of an unfortunate incident at a rodeo. Listen, I know victims of incidents. And uh, I do feel like a lot of times, as much as we hate to say it, it's part of rodeo, it's part of basketball, it's part of football, it's part of baseball. There have been, through history, so many situations like this. But he was, uh, it, it just so happened, it was in the round of the Houston Rodeo to win $50,000. So many people feel, people feel like a call by an official cost Bo Cooper, who is a, a young Canadian tie-down roper and a really good kid from everything I hear. I don't think I've met him personally, but... Bo, if you're watching and we have, I apologize. Great kid. He's doing things the right way. So let me say this to start this episode. None of what I'm going to talk about has anything to do with Bo Cooper. Specifically, um, I think he has handled everything the classy way, the right way. Not everyone has including other contestants and fans. That's, that is my opinion. But uh, again, the point is not critical of Bo Cooper or anything he did. So let's get this out of the way. I think it has just sparked a, and brought to light a discussion that has been going on for years and I think has not maybe been thoroughly looked at and thoroughly approached and delved into maybe as much as it should be. And that is uh, instant replay reviews in the sport of rodeo to review calls that officials have or have not made. I felt like, first of all, off the bat, I felt like the Houston situation got out of control and snowballed. First of all, there have been things, I don't know if the word is exposed or brought to light, now that people see rodeo on TV every single week and lots of rodeos. And so none of this is new. It's just now people are seeing it. Um, so social media, I, I say it all the time on my lives and on my outlets that I have. Has social media caused people to become obnoxious or has it 
as it exposed people to being obnoxious or jerks or whatever you want to say. But I do feel like this all got out of control. We've heard every opinion. We've seen every angle. Here's what else we have. We have a screenshot of a telecast frozen in time that has been analyzed in every way possible. In real time, we don't have that. So, again, nothing critical of Bo Cooper, but he was he was just the subject of the call that has, of course, sparked me um, to talk about. Um, however, there are a lot of people acting like no one has ever been the recipient Again, I'm not saying victim. I'm using recipient. What's another word? Recipient, uh, the lucky duck that gets a bad call against them. It has happened a lot. Um, I'll get to my guest in a minute. But let's, um, the, the review part of things. I don't, a lot of things people bring in is rodeo should have review like the PBR has review. So I don't think anybody's ever really chimed in from the PBR side to kind of play devil's advocate. I think at the end of this podcast, you're going to see I'm not against review and rodeo. I just think there's a lot of things out there that need to be talked about that maybe people in playing devil's advocate haven't really looked into. First of all, I will say this. The PBR in general does not have instant replay review for officials' calls. The Unleash the Beast elite tour of the PBR has review. And why? Because in order to do it the right way, just because a rodeo has a big screen, just because it has a lot of added money, doesn't mean they can do review. Do you have the camera angles? Do you have the technology? And do you have the personnel on site or somewhere at a main office, that can give you all the angles, the stop and go, the super slow motion, and the preciseness it takes to, to overturn or confirm a call that was made in the arena. The, the reason the PBR has it in the Unleash the Beast Tour is we don't have, and I mean this with all due respect, but the, the, now I can say anything. The fact of the matter is, after all this time, I still have to explain this to people, for a lot of the Cowboy Channel rodeos, they send a box that plugs into the big screens in in the the rodeo. And that's why when people say, why do we got to see the kiss cam and the clown on the screen? Because that's it's whatever's playing in the in the arena in real time on the live screen. What you need what we have in the PBR on the Elite Tour, we have production trucks. We have a TV truck parked outside with a whole staff of people. So when it goes to replay, there is a person controlling that. And the replay official sits at a screen with headsets on and a microphone says, okay, now give me the other angle. Make sure the clock's in the background. Okay, the clock did not start on time. So I'm going to hand time. I'm playing replay official. I'm going to hand time the ride independently and I will determine if he made it. Oh, his foot touched the ground at 7.87. So yeah, the, you can't just say, hey, uh, we're going to review that. Somebody give me your phone. That, that didn't, that's not how it works. So, and the other thing is the PBR is one event. There's one event and there are bylaws, there's rules about what is reviewable, uh, what the consequences are for being wrong. 
It's $500. If you hit that replay button and you're wrong, it's $500. If you're right, no big deal. Um, you know, if there's four judges and as they time, each judge has a clock to time the ride. If one of them has him 7.85 and the others have him 8.01, if one of them has him less, that's when they review it. There's, there's rules for all that. So like I said, there, there are, in playing devil's advocate, I would, I'd like to go rough stock and timed event and go over, okay, what would re be reviewable? And let's talk about why or why not it isn't. Um, one more thing before we get to our great guest. I, I guess one of the things that came up through all of this and it, it, is how it, Bo Cooper did not win $50,000. I, I said about the officials, they say, well, he got him. You know, they screwed him out of 50000 An official made the call and stood by his call to cost him 50000 As an official, could you make that call to award him 50000 It's the same pressure to award him than it is to cost him. Because in essence, if you make the call to for him to win the 50000 and you're wrong there, you're screwing another guy out of 50000 So you can look at both things. But then uh, somebody on social media, with all of this going on, by the way, let me say this. Uh, a young kid from Eastern Washington who is uh, very close with my family, boarded horses, his sister's still there, Caleb Burquist, former Montana State Bobcat, through all of this, by the way, a Montana Circuit all-around champion, a Montana Circuit calf roping champion, uh, nearly won the college national championship in the tie-down roping. In the middle of everyone, talking about what a victim somebody was for not winning a rodeo, Caleb was in a side-by-side -side wreck on his ranch and is currently paralyzed. So my own daughters, one of their best friends, is laying in a hospital bed, and all they can see is... People talking about what a victim a tie-down roper was, and somebody started a GoFundMe page to get him money because he didn't win 50000 Again, Bo Cooper wanted all this to just go away because he's classy and he's a good kid. Somebody did this without asking him. Let's save the GoFundMe things for things that really, really are needed. So he said, go ahead and donate it. Donate to it, but it's all going to Caleb Burquist. So, Bo Cooper, good for you. I don't, I think that's the one thing he could do. I don't think he ever was planning on keeping that money. I mean, unless it counted towards world standings, we could all start a GoFundMe to count towards world standing. So, there were really things that I guess the term I use is chapped my ass through it all. There is a big picture here, but it, pretty soon it started getting broken down and, uh, into things that that just were out of control. So good job, O. Cooper, through all of this. I know he just wants it to go away. I, I hope he makes the NFR and goes down there and does a great job. Um, he, I know he lives down there with Shane Hanchy. What a good influence. So, um, but good job, Bo Cooper, and we're all thinking about our friend Caleb Burquist as well. But uh, I said there's been guys through time that have been 
we have thought have been the uh, recipients of bad calls. One of those guys, I think, we can talk to him, it probably cost him a world title. But it was kind of before social media was huge. It was didn't get shown over and over. And that man is five-time world champion Luke Branquino. Uh, Luke Branquino uh, has a great perspective on things as a, from a contestant's viewpoint and from a broadcaster's viewpoint, which he is now. And lo and behold, he just got inducted and is going to get inducted into the PRCA Hall of Fame. So coming up, our friend Luke Branquino going to join us to talk about this and other things. You know, he's got a lot of gold buckles, a lot of Montana silversmiths gold buckles. So quick message from Montana silversmiths. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana silversmiths' buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories, stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana silversmiths' buckles and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana silversmiths. Well, welcome back, and thanks to our friends at Montana Silversmiths. As promised, we will continue the conversation and other conversations with this young gentleman who is the owner of about five Montana Silversmiths gold buckles. He is world champ, five-time world champion steer wrestler, 14 times to the Wrangler NFR. Whew. That's got to be some kind of record. It's not a record, but, and who knew? Who knew when we scheduled this in the first place that I can call now call him PRCA Hall of Fame Cowboy Luke Branquino. I got I just got goosebumps when I said that. I got uh, you, I heard you, that and it makes me emotional for my friends. Were you emotional when you heard that you were Well, yeah, I mean uh you go your whole rodeo career obviously trying to do the very best you can in the arena. But uh, for me, it was also outside the arena, you know, trying to help enhance the sport, grow the sport, um, you know, and then when they called me, they said, obviously, you have the credentials to be in here. But what you've done outside the arena with with, you know, promoting, pushing, growing the sport uh, and, and clinics and and broadcasting uh, now um, is is also another reason. But, yeah, it uh, when they first told me, I was like, yeah. Is, I mean, I thought April's coming up. I didn't know if somebody's jacking with me a little early April's fools or or whatnot. But um, you know, to to get that call and you know, my dad was there when I got it and he kind of heard what was going on. So yeah, of course it, it was emotional and um it, it's still still kind of surreal. And and I'll be honest with you, it's a bittersweetness because in my head, I'm still a competitor. I'm still somebody that could go out and, and win. Um, now my body, it's, it says otherwise, uh, which obviously anybody that has been doing this this long knows that. Um, so it is a bittersweetness because it's like, okay, it, it's done. It's over with. Yeah. That, I get that because I'm going through the same thing. Uh, for one with the, I still look at myself as able to do everything in my body. I just right. can't. I had somebody yesterday say to me about, 
they're everybody's calling it retiring, but you know, I can't, none of us can really retire. Right. You know? And they said, Oh my God, are you excited? And I've got that a hundred times and I've never really known how to answer. And it finally popped into my head. I said, why would I be excited? I've performed in front of the greatest people every week in the world. And you want me to be excited about being done. Right. And yeah, that's, exactly. There's a little part, but, but that it, it, it relates a little, what you're saying. It's a bittersweet. Oh, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. You know, that's yeah. a tough one. Um, well, I mean, yeah. fortunately in, in again, with me and the broadcasting and you, I know you're going to get hooked into that pretty, pretty quick and easy. You know, we're, we'll always be involved, but at the level that we were involved at is obviously that's, that's gone away for me for the last couple of years, just through injury. Um, but yeah, that you can't, you can never get rid of that burning desire to compete and be in the arena at the, at our level. Yeah. Is it taboo? You ever notice that in any sport, pro football or basketball, you really can't say to somebody, cause I've had people say to me, do you think you'll be in the hall of fame someday? It's almost, if you say yes, you're instantly an arrogant ass. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and by the way, going back to what you say, you have every credential in the arena and being inducted as a contestant, that's what they're supposed to look at. But you and I know in any sport, they look beyond that. So For that sure. I look at you the, the same way, but you know, you had to know someday I'll be in the hall of fame, five world titles. Yeah. But you can't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. And you know, they asked me when you started your journey, you know, as, as a professional cowboy, was that something you, you know, strived for? Is that something you want to do? And I said, I wanted to win gold buckles. I wanted to win as much money I could. I wanted to support my family. You know, the Hall of Fame, I guess, I went through it. I walked through it once in my in my entire career. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, you thought you see guys like they're like, and I use John W. Jones Jr. and John W. Jones Sr. Those are guys I looked up to and idolized. One, being from California and being fierce competitors and great people. Um mm -hmm. You know, that's like, yeah, I'd like to be in here someday with them. But it was never that was not my goal to be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if that sounds bad. Good. It was my goal just to be the best I could be. And, and if they yeah. decide to put me in there as awesome. I can relate to that. I mean, it was I remember telling my wife at the time, she said, maybe in a couple of years you get voted to work the NFR. And I said, that's out of my league, man. Don't I, I will never work the NFR. Uh, it just was off my radar. I just it was fun. You know, right. so yeah, it's fun when you look back at what your mentality was and the way that's probably the best way to go in it, into it. I, I think, you know, within my position, my job, a lot of young guys come in and I want to do what you do. Well, yeah, hell I'm in Madison square garden. You want to, well, you wanted, you need to want to go to Absorky, Montana in front of 37 people. That's what you need to want to do first. Right. <laughs> yeah. You make every um, one of those 37 people laugh, then we'll start talking. Yeah, then we'll talk. Then you <laughs> <laughs> I will say I will say the coolest thing um was I picked the boys up from school after I'd got the call and and uh you know, I was I was on the phone and and uh I said, "How was your guys' day at school?" And I'm like, "Oh, it was good." He's like, "How was your day?" I said, "Oh, it was it was okay." Um and I was kind of getting a little emotional. I said, they said, well, what's wrong? I said, well, I got the call that I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. And they were, they they were, oh my God, can we tell people? Who can we tell? And I was like, well, we got to wait till they post it out there first. But they were, they were very excited. And, and I think to see the joy that they got out of it, 
you know, is obviously made it easier to swallow at the time. It's good. Your boys understand, you know, that's good. I, I don't know why I thought of this, but kids can bring out so much in you. We we've discussed it, uh, you know, but when you didn't win a world title, but your kids still loved you the next day and it just didn't matter as much. I remember when I had a heart attack and now it's been 13 years ago or 14, whatever it is that I had a heart attack 14 years ago, my girls weren't very old and I had to call, I called them on the phone and that night laying in the ICU while I've had a heart attack and Oh, okay. But I did get to ride in a helicopter. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It was cool, man. I got to ride in a helicopter. Kids, kids will bring you down to earth in a hurry. Um, Hey, you're, uh, you're in Texas now. And then we'll get to uh, onto our next discussion. Good backdrop, by the way. And by the way, you are our second steer wrestler in a row on this podcast. So we have exceeded our weight limit for the year. (laughs) So we're going to have to level off pace ourselves back to bull riders. Uh, yeah. We'll get some little bull riders in a row here. And, <laughs> and, uh, so why the mood you're a California guy. We've always known you to be a, we're, would you call you central coast or what's your yeah. area? Central yeah, coast. Central coast. Yeah. Why central Texas coast. easier, more access to what you want to do. What's the move about? Yeah. I mean, there's, there was so many things, um, you know, what we were coming off the COVID pandemic-ish, whatever you want to call it. Um, And, you know, whether, and no judgment to anybody else, but what they were trying to do out there as far as giving our kids the, I mean, it's not a vaccine, the shot. I wasn't going to force my kids to do anything on something like that that wasn't, in my opinion, tested um, thoroughly. I would like grandkids. We don't know any of that. I mean, taxes, people from Southern California, LA, moving up to our area because they wanted that lifestyle, but they brought all their bullshit with them. Uh, you know, when we moved to Los Olivos this last time, we were outside the town limits or whatever, but we were right on the county road. And our neighbors would call in and say, hey, the cattle are balling too. They'd call the county. They'd turn us into the county because the cattle were being too loud. Our trailers were parked too close to the road. The horses were making too much noise. There was too much dust. And I mean, these are people that wanted the country life but didn't want country um there was that and i mean our let's be honest gavin newsom's an absolute idiot i don't care <laughs> whose feelings i heard on that but you know that the whole politics of california have gone downhill now you've been out there you know how beautiful beautiful place is and the weather is phenomenal but you know at the time it, we were trying to make the right decision to for the family to raise the kids and in an environment we wanted to them to be brought up in and an environment Lindsay and I were brought up in mm, those pesky, noisy cows. Yeah. Damn them. <laughs> I want to live in the country. If only those cows would shut the hell up. Right, like, right. Years ago, I lived in Western Montana, South of Missoula, you know, 26, 25 years ago. And similarly, somebody had moved in and somebody we still in Montana, as they probably do out where you live in Texas, use the roads to move the cows to another pasture. And a guy had splashed manure on his car. So he got in a fight with the neighbor (laughs) whose cows like, Hey, welcome to Montana, buddy. That's the the way it goes. So yeah, they want country, but they don't want country. Yeah, exactly. Um, I should have mentioned in all of your accolades, also the host of the Luke Branquino show. Yeah, I should so. mention that also. And so I know that in your stuff, uh, we talked before we went on the air 
in your show, you have talked about kind of this same topic. I'm covering it much like yourself in a broader form, not, oh my God, I have a freeze framed picture from the Houston rodeo. How did that judge mix miss that call? We stopped it in time and you can see it. Uh, I want to look at it in a, a broader subject. I think it snowballed. People's reactions got out of control. It revealed a lot of idiots. Oh, for sure. But uh, I'll say this first. I said this in my opening segment. For a judge to make a call, everybody's dwelling on the fact that that the officials cost him $50,000. If he rules the other way and it's questionable, he costs somebody else $50,000. It's easy to sit back and think oh, yeah. what you would do, but it goes both ways, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. And, and I always go back to um, my run at the national finals, 2009, where yes. steer came out of my arms and I reached and touched him. I don't care what Kirby has to say. I reached and touched him. And, you know, obviously that's happening like that for Butch's eyes to see and, and might not see. And, you know, when, I, when I got done, I was pissed. I was mad. I was more mad at myself, one, for not getting a better start and not making a better run. If I do those two things, I don't put Butch in the situation. Now, had there been instant replay at that situation, maybe I'm not fast enough. And that was, I talked to Bobby Mode at WCRA because they they have implemented the, the instant replay rule. And, you know, there's so many things, there's so many variables that not only, instant replay is not just when you watch it and make a call. There's so many other things you have to you know, mm -hmm. think about before that even gets implemented. So that you, I got you for one, I wanted to see and talk to you, but that call that was a little bit before social media was so prevalent. We were, uh, the rodeo wasn't on cowboy channel, so it didn't get played over and over the rodeo used to play and be done till right. the next night. <clears throat> but here's a big thing that I, I, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit on, a lot of people think implementing replay is so easy. However, you tell me that. So for people who don't know in the steer wrestling, you throw the steer, all, the head and all four feet pointing in the same direction. And you have to be touching the steer when he falls. You did not get a flag because he felt your hand was not on the steer. Okay. Did I summarize that the correct way? Yeah. Yes. Here's my question as devil's advocate, even with replay, how do you replay that? You didn't get a flag. There is no well, recorded time. So that's exactly right. And that was so I I threw a flag when we the ERA year. Everybody knows about that. That was, you know, either hated or loved it. But I threw a flag. Um, the flag judge didn't drop flag. He thought the steer, I don't know if he thought he was down. I can't remember the situation. They replayed it and called out three flats. So I'm like, okay, I'll, obviously I'm gonna be three flat. I'm gonna win first. I'll take it. I wanted to know how did you get to three flat? Because Here's the here's what I and Bobby and I talked about this. When you throw a steer and they get flat, the flagger has to drop the flag. Yes. He has to react to that. The timer, woman, man, whoever, has to hit the button, push the button, whatever. There's reaction time to that. And so there's, and I don't know if it's three tenths, two tenths, five tenths. And I'm sure with technology nowadays, you could figure out a, you know, when the yes. steer hits flat, stop the clock, add three tenths to it. But in that situation, how would they do that if you don't have, you know, some sort of rule or or something in place to when they, you know, 
don't drop the flag, but the steer's flat. So yeah, there's a lot of things to go into that. But a knockdown is the same thing. They say you knock the steer down while he's flat. They don't drop the flag. You could do one of two things. You could drop the flag and then flag him out, then go through the replay, and then you have your time. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a two-head average or something like that, you drop You might flag. let him back up exactly. if you don't get the flag. Yeah. Because if he's so, right, he's right. So, right. Uh, and I want to explain this, people. I have, in rough stock, in bull riding, to review a, a a call on time is, it's never easy, but it's 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 pretty self explanatory. It's pretty black and white. If if your hand comes out of the rope, you disqualify yourself by touching the bull, touching the animal. The judge can actually stop the watch there. And but see what. It. Uh, and I, I've tried to explain when people then watch timed events, if you watch steer wrestling, the flagger is not flagging on the drop. Cause soon as you do that, you're going to flag them wrong. You have to right. make the feeder clear. So sometimes it's boom flag, as long as he right. does it the same every time. So to go back and watch video and time it on the video of when the steer falls, you're avoiding two steps of human reaction that exactly. are part of the time. Now you're screwing other people. Right. And, and agreed a hundred percent. And I do think if you have consistent flaggers, which they should be, you know, they should be on their toes. You may be able to figure out what I'm going to use a big word, an algorithm or a, something <laughs> that uh, you could time it and then say, okay, this is our average time for or three tenths of a second from the time the steer hits flat reaction, 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 boom, and add it on. Now that's still mm. not guaranteed. No, that's interesting. That's, that's a good thought though, where you could take whoever's flagging or just in general, watch a hundred runs, yeah. time them off video without looking at the flagger, then go back and look at what the times that'd be interesting to see if there's a consistency, like if it would come out to, our our sample space of 200 runs that somebody would have comes out to 0.35 or point huh that, so that's I, an so interesting I did that. so oh. i did that in in 2009 i was like okay the steer hits flat this is when he hits flat you, you know you and it was obviously not very scientific because i was a dumb bulldogger but <laughs> in it, i figured it was anywhere from 2.8 to 3.2 tenths of a second in the reaction time 0.28 or 0.3 yeah, some yeah, and it and I like I said it may be it can be refined surely, but um, so I yeah that that three tenths is is pretty is fairly consistent, but you don't know that, and then it would be hard to go back and have the replay official re you can't re flag it because you no you just yeah, really you, you just have to when the steer hit flat figure out what in my opinion figure out steer's flat stop the clock. And now you add your 2.8, yeah. whatever the average is. Uh, and I think, I think as a general consensus, everybody would be fine with that. But I mean, it goes beyond that. You talk about the barrier of Bo Cooper at Houston. You know, there's so many other things and, and a knockdown and a deal like that in the steer wrestling is rare. Barrier issues, yeah. um, breakaway issues where, you know, the rope breaks after they ran through it. I've heard a couple of situations like that. Um, you know, rough stock, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a little more cut and dry, you know, the mark out rule, the touching him with your free hand or, you know, hand out of the bull rope, or, you know, you hit the ground with your hand yep. still, you know, whatever. There's so right. many, it, it's a little cut and more cut and dry. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting. And that's, you can pick apart. Timed events are tough for replay. Um, Bo Cooper's was, and I know there's a lot of people watching this. Hell, it was years before I really understood the mechanics of a barrier. When the neck rope, <laughs> when the neck rope breaks, when the animal breaks the neck rope, it pops the pin and releases the rope in front of the horse. If it, if they leave early, it breaks a string. And in his run, the string was broken, but you could see on the picture, the neck rope had already broken. And everybody said that barrier malfunctioned. You can't call that a breakout. Well, how do you know he wasn't going to break out? Go ahead. So, so yes. And I had on, on the loop brain, we know show I'm going to throw that out a lot of y'all. You throw, folks out just there. keep throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. So subscribe, like, watch Luke Brand Queen show. But I had Roy Doyle, who is an instant replay judge in the PBR, WCRA. He's done it at the American. He's a PRCA judge. And so the barrier judge, they string the barrier, the neck rope out, which is on the livestock, the calf. And then they put a line out there where when the gets to that line, that's when it pops off. So that's the line judge's job. Watching the calf till it gets to that line. If that pops off, then he sees if the barrier pulls or not. In the instance of Bo Cooper, and, and I may be a little wrong on that, that neck rope popped off before the calf got to the line. Right. However long, you know, six inches, a foot. Now, right. that means the barrier's still up and didn't pull. He could have still, and again, I have not broken down and seen it, but he may have been into the barrier before that calf's neck, where the line was supposed to pop off, got to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the calf got there, but Bo was through the barrier. And that's, and that's, I mean, you're talking about that much. I know. You know? Yeah. We've so seen that's, broken, that's a tough call. we've seen broken barriers where it, you know, and for my dad, as an old rodeo announcer, people don't know what it is anymore. He called it grocery string. It was the string yeah, around the boxes. And sometimes it breaks when the horse does this. And sometimes it stretches. So there's yeah. an inconsistency there, but we don't know. Was he going to break out anyway? So then back to being devil's advocate. Okay. The officials step up. Um, and he determines there was a barrier malfunction, but is the answer to that instantly. Then he did not take the 10 second penalty barrier malfunction. He didn't break out, give it back to him. Cause we don't know if he would have broken well, out in the first play. So is it a rerun? Is that well, the solution? Yeah. yeah. that And that's a great question. I think if it is in, and this is just my retired personal opinion. If it is, if it is not beyond, what is it? What do they say? Beyond a reasonable Confirm, doubt? Beyond, uh, yeah. Uh, video evidence. Uncon un Unconclusive. Whatever. Inconclusive conclusive video evidence right. needs to overturn it. Yeah. Yes. And if it's not conclusive video evidence, then the call stands. Now, if there's a question, if there's even a question in your mind, okay, okay, well, we don't think that worked. Okay. Now you either take the barrier off or you give them a rerun. And I think, I think that depends on the rodeo, the situation, the, you know, that that's a tough one. Now here's where you get into it. You have big rodeos and I'm going to use Caldwell, Idaho as an example, because Caldwell, I love. It's one of my favorites. They have yeah. huge slacks. They don't have the opportunity or they don't have the av availability of that video replay in the slacks. But now you get to the performances. You got Rick Salee and his crew there. They have that availability. So 
How is it? And this is going to be an argument. How is it fair to do it in the performances and you're not doing it yeah. in the slack? You'd have to pay whatever it would cost to have the, again, in my first segment, I said the personnel or the, the technology, the camera angles, the personnel that would have to be for people who don't know places like Caldwell, you have 80 steer wrestlers, but you can only put 10 of them a night in the, in the rodeo performance. So they run in the morning in front of no people counts the same, but you'd have to have that entire setup there in the slack as well. Yeah, so, you, you would. And, and I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done and Royd, uh, you know, on the show, we talked about it. He said, I've got a plan in place, what it would cost and this and that, you know, and there are people out there that are smarter than me that could figure this out. And, and I think make it, um, but you know, as well as anybody, when you see somebody make a hell of a ride or a hell of a run that is supposed to win first and they don't, it's, it's, it's disheartening for the sport. Hard. And I always say this, I said, we pay our entry fees where, what other professional sport, because we're a pro sport, uh, do you pay your entry fees to go compete? And if you compete and don't win, you don't get shit, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> having the right people win, I think is key. And, and I, and I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me on that. Right. Making sure always, the right person wins, but you can't do it at the cost of just to do it because we're a professional sport with instant replay. So, so here, uh, devil's advocate again, how many do you get? Like how many, what's the, okay. PBR unleashed beast tour. There's a button. And if you hit, you can hit that button whenever you want, but if you're wrong, it's 500 bucks. So, so what would, so what would same, I guess that there's a guideline there. Yeah. So they, I did read something just the other day that the board of directors are putting stuff into, into place for instant replay at rodeos that add 50,000 more an event. Um, and I believe it's a, and I hate it when they say this word is a fine $500 fine. God, that for whatever reason, it drives me nuts. Well, because the PRCA, the word fine is used too much. Oh yeah. Nothing's it's fine when you get a fine. You know, <laughs> so what we in the ERA and and WCRA doesn't charge, but they say they have a deal in there. If you abuse this, we will implement a charge upon you. Um, so it's five hundred dollar uh, fine is what they're proposing. I don't know how far it's gone from since that deal I read, but in the ERA, what we did, and there had been some um, flags thrown, but it went to a charity. You you got mm. to pick a charity you went to, or they had a charity set up where it was just. It was all held into that account. And then once whatever the rodeo was over, the season's over, it went to a charity. So I, I like that yeah. better. Um, do you know, some people argue, you, you know, sh it, should it cost the Cowboys anything being they're already paid? And if they lose, or if they, you know, whatever, I just don't want to see it abused. And I don't think it will be, but. Yeah, but you got to have a, every sport. I mean, football, they lose a timeout. You know, right. well, we're not in that situation in this sport. There does have to be a penalty just so you're sure. Yeah, it makes you like those young hey, JB Mooney, he had a he had a philosophy. If it was over seven point five seconds, he hit the review. What's well, five hundred dollars when he was cool. winning world titles to JB Mooney? The rookie kid at seven point nine six and he thinks about it. Yeah. Five hundred dollars. There's gotta be a, a consequence of some sort or uh incentive to not hit it every time how's that not a consequence that's well for sure and and you know and that's seven events or eight events he's obviously with the women's breakaway roping and uh, so it was funny i was talking to bobby 
mode on the Luke Branquino show uh, just the other day. And he said that was that the, they, that's your show. The Luke. Yes. Yeah. That, yes, uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, on YouTube and Spotify and Apple. Anyway, all of the, you yeah. can find it. Yeah. Uh, but he was saying in the barrel race, they could actually use an instant replay. I'm like, well, how in the heck do you? So went around the third barrel, barrel was tipping. She crossed the eye top. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then, then it fell. I was like, I've never heard of such nonsense. Uh, it's <laughs> like the laws of physics just it's were not. Sorcery. Playing. It's sorcery. Exactly. So that's the similar rule. When I was in high school, I was a high jumper. And if you hit the bar and it was doing this, if you put, if you got off the porta pit onto the ground, then it fell. I think it was a good jump. Same. Okay, but yeah, I, there you go. So but that yeah, actually, I've never heard of such things in the Did that actually happen? That he actually said it happened? happened. Yeah. But I no, I don't think it was. Re, I don't think it was at a, a WCR event where they reviewed it. But he said it's a possibility. He's seen it happen. Uh, you know, in the team roping to be the crossfire, and again the barrier. Uh, maybe illegal head catches if if they didn't catch it and somebody else threw a flag. And then here's another question for you. If they do implement this and say, I'm on the side of the buck and shoot and I'm getting ready to go and I see, uh, I'm going to use the rights because they're dominating, you know, ride their bronc and then foot drops. Can I throw the flag and say, hey, you need to check that call out? We can do that. I uh, Back in the day, uh, Renato Nunez, who became a world champion yeah. one year. He, he, it was coming down. It was the last month of the season. And I, rem, I remember who it was, Ryan McConnell, who was in the top five, made a ride, and Renato thought he slapped him, and he hit the button. And the crowd booed him, booed him, and he waved. He going for a million dollars, right. you know? In our PBR teams, it became pretty prevalent Yes. When one team, it, you, you, I think you went to one or two of those. Three if the other three. team, it, if it looked like they slapped it, uh, Cody Lambert hit that thing and the crowd would boo him and he'd tip his yeah. head. It, it made for one more. It, it was a cool, kind of a cool little element there where they're working well, against each other. So it, you bring that cool element up. I agree a hundred percent, but now you go to the national finals and, and I, this all stemmed after my deal in 2009. I said, why can't you implement it there? It's it could cost somebody a world championship. It could, you know, it, it can make a huge difference. And not only the money you win there, but it cost me about 130,000 bonuses that year from not winning the world championship and the and the average. Um, they said, well, we just it's production. We only have two hours and five minutes to to get people in and out. I'm like, so you would rather shuffle people out the door than make sure the right contestant won that day. And I said, it will add so much to your rodeo where these fans. We'll get engaged like, oh, yeah, he got screwed. You know, yeah. it, it just adds some to it. The answer there is yes. They would rather run it in yes. two hours and five minutes. Uh, yeah, and that's not right. But shoot, even if you had it at the NFR or because you have all the camera angle, just because a rodeo has a screen doesn't mean they can have replay. That's correct. Just, you know, there's, there's just a lot. You know, one thing, <clears throat> replay aside, um, by the way, let me say this. There's been a lot of people, you know, watching that are rodeo people understand this, but in the team roping, there's a violation called a crossfire. When the header heads the steer, he's got to turn, that steer needs to t change directions and take a jump in that new direction. Correct? Kind well, of, they've changed it so many times. Yeah, I think you can't be swinging down. Yeah, anyway, but yes. But they flagged people out 
total reviewable call because they flagged the run, then flag them out. Um, it is reviewable, but you know what? We don't do enough of official wise that football and basketball do. If there's a call made, they call each other in. Now rodeo does it a little, but I think it could be done better. Get everybody in there. If there's four officials there, that guy just flagged him out. The line judge steps up and they say, Hey, that are you sure? What did you call there? Well, he did. No, he didn't. We saw it different. Overturn the call on the right. spot. I don't think it's done enough. I don't think we no, do a I good agree. job of that. I agree. And and at the back end of the arena, they do have a crossfire judge to see, you know, if that steer was going forward at the bigger rodeos. I'm not every one of them, uh, but he's at the back end or in a position where they could see that steer take a hop forward, you know, so they have different angles of it. But I agree on that, that when there is a call that's questionable, they don't have the powwow to get everybody together and like, what did you see? What did you see? Okay, there's four of us, three of us saw this, you saw that, or, you know, we, one guy, three guys saw this, you saw that. So, uh, yeah, I think the powwow is, is, it's necessary. Now, somebody's going to watch this and go, no, 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 they do. I understand that they can get together. I just don't think visibly enough right. that, that, you know, um, but they'll do it in a mark out rule. The one judge will say, no, I gave him a free roll. Right. So they do it, but what, a you know, vi- to visibly hell create the illusion you're getting together. Right. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and rodeo is different because our culture is different. Like you said, hitting the replay button on somebody else you're instantly the villain because that's not what cowboys that's not cowboy yeah yeah if people really knew the shit cowboys really do (laughs) come on man perspective no i'm gonna say i'm gonna say something edgy right now if (laughs) yeah i know take it easy um if there's one thing rodeo on every night of the Cowboy Channel has taught us, it's that rodeo fans are as big assholes as any other fan. <laughs> can be. Not all of them, but I mean, I've Arm heard it all. I've heard it all, man. The, the, you know who I feel sorry for? Announcers and clowns. I've talked about it here. Uh, They're hard on them. Well, because well, it's, and, it's the screen. All you're getting is the arena feed. The arena feed, yeah. They're playing, you know, like, uh, the, I have friends For shit's that, sake, be happy that you could see rodeo yeah we're not as a you know I, I remember when we first started live streaming PBRs the nights that weren't on TV we still do it on ride pass it's the in arena feed oh my god a few years ago I took I thought I was going to retire then all of a sudden <laughs> people discovered that George Strait doesn't play all different songs every single night of his tour like Flint's doing the same shit he did. Blah, blah. Uh, really? No kid. Yeah, I'm in a weird. different town. Weird. Yeah, weird. Um, but like we were talking the other day, I was doing the devil's advocate too. You know, a good friend of mine I work with, and he said, "Do we really need all the technology? Do we need to be that thorough?" Yeah, the answer is yes. Um, mark out rule. Mark out rule over the points of breaks of the shoulders. Um, they say you missed him out on the right side. Go to review. What if you don't have a camera on that side? Yeah. You know, so I think the, uh, what you said, they've, they've talked about implementing it in, in rodeos that they add over $50,000 an event. Well, that is their escape. That's like three. I was right. like, 
three or four rodeos. And what they have is the technology they could probably do it. And, and it affects who might win a world title. I mean, everything does, but that's a big, that makes sense. Well, no, that makes perfect sense. And when, again, back in 2009, when that happened to me, they're like, well, how is it fair, Luke, if we do it at the national finals, but we don't do it at, I'm just throwing this one out there, Santa Maria, California. I said, you know, okay, these, everybody qualified to get to this spot. Well, they're trying to qualify at Santa Maria. That was an argument. I said, I could. That's That's the dumbest damn argument I've ever heard in my life. Uh, So it wasn't fair because a little, you know, at that time, $10,000 at a rodeo couldn't have it, but the national finals could, or, you know, these bigger rodeos. It's not fair for the contestants that may have got screwed at that little rodeo. So that was an argument too. Fair, And, And I think it will still be an argument, honestly. Yeah, but you're not competing against them on that night. You're not affecting Santa Maria. And fair, fairs are for pigs with ribbons. That's what I say. Nothing's fair. But that is a that's a dumb argument, in my opinion. No, it yeah, no, because it's already laid down that they don't have it. You're competing against the other 14 guys on that night in that right. arena. So that's it's oh, a yeah. bullshit yeah, argument. I mean, it to me, it wasn't a valid argument. That was clear back in 2009. It might have been 10 that year. Yeah, uh, that was when. That was when the rodeo was in black and white. <laughs> so I had Jeff Metters on uh, the Luke Brank. We know show on YouTube. Make sure you check it out, subscribe and like. And um, anyway, I, I introduced him. I said, if you've been enjoying the national finals for the last century, here has been the voice of the national finals rodeo. And Jeff, he laughed at it. I thought he might take a little more offense. You know, he's not a hundred years not old. Jeff. No, he's a great dude. <laughs> if for anybody him. watching that you watch rodeo or the NFR, Jeff Metters, I, I have two guys that I admire the hell out of for not they they play off the fact you that they're not wearing a hat. They're not cowboys, but you need it. What a lot of people in rodeo don't understand is you need a broadcaster in there to be the glue. Right. You know, not every football commentator ever played football. You need Jim Nance. You need Joe Buck. Jeff Metters and Craig Hummer, who does the PBR. The fact that they've just eased into the complete culture, especially Craig Hummer, he's a lifeguard, yeah, oh yeah. you know. But yeah, uh, I've loved working with Craig. I mean, talk about he he will make you step up your game just with his energy level and and but his knowledge and how much research and homework he does. That guy, that guy's a he's he's amazing. Speaking of uh, the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, Butch Knowles, yes, who and and when you go through the list of Hall of Famers, you go in as a notable. Um, our friend Jerome Robinson could have probably gone in as a contestant, but well, he didn't win a world title. I'm going to get to that. He went in as a notable, a guy like Butch Knowles. If you turn on a highlight from the 1991 NFR, it's Jeff Metters and Butch Knowles. That's it. And <clears throat> that guy so deserving taught speaking of doing things out of the arena. Another guy that good for him. That's so yeah. So when they called me and they said, you know, we'll get the list out this afternoon on social. And, and when I seen him like, Oh, that that's awesome. Because I've got to work with Butch a lot, you know, in the last few years. And I, I just, I absolutely love everything about him, what he brings to the table. But so I signed my Calgary contract to do TV at Calgary three weeks ago, Calgary and the hall of fame ceremony just happened to be the same, you know, the championship weekend Hall of Fame's Friday, Saturday, championship Sunday. So I called my contact at Calgary and said, listen, if you guys want to get rid of me, I had something come up that I probably shouldn't miss. And she's like, no, no, 
take your two days off, go, go down there and get it. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to call her after I seen the post. I said, Hey, uh, I don't know if Butch is, is doing Calgary again, <laughs> which I assumed he was. I was like, yeah. but he's going to need to take that time off. But she had told me before, she's like, yeah, we'll just have Butch cover your event and what you're <laughs> doing. It's like, well, Jeff might have a full plate those two days, but yeah, yeah how, how cool is that mm-hmm. for, for Butch to, I, I'm honored to be in the same class as Butch. Yeah. That's funny. It, they let, I, I got a call one time. I, I don't know what your, your story sparked my story. I was in going to Calgary and I got a call forever. There's been a one day rodeo in Montana in Stanford, Montana. You ever go to Stanford, Montana? No, but that's yeah. home with John G. I believe that would be big John G. Big John yes. G. Yes. And, uh, there's a lot of farmers, ranchers, and Hutterites in Stanford, Montana Sunday afternoon. The guy calls me and said, we'd like you, can you come back to Stanford? I said, man, I, that's championship Sunday of the Calgary stampede. And I'll, I'll have been there 10 days and that's the last day of Calgary. And it kind of went quiet. And just matter of fact, he said, can't you get out of that? <laughs> uh, well, let me make it. <laughs> and I went, and I love the guy, the guy, I know him. He might, I probably not listen to it. But he's, and I said, what? Well, I mean, you've been there for nine days already. Can you get out of the last day? No, I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, how, uh, okay. By the way, thanks for the discussion on replay. I did. It, there's so many angles to it. Oh yeah. Literally and figuratively. I, I just think the instant reaction to people, casual fans of rodeo and surprisingly so many contestants that don't understand the ins and outs and everything that goes into it and the laws you got to lay down before it really works. It's not, geez, you could just look at somebody's phone. Somebody told right. me that the other, oh, that's it. They do that in the NFL. Yeah. Here, yeah. We don't have the angle here. Can you give me, hand me your phone, Jimmy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the NFL and I've seen a deal in the NBA. There is a room in wherever, New York City, studio yeah. where there are officials in this room they're eating cheetos drinking coke coffee but they're watching every game and when they call a you know a questionable call they already know the answer because they knew it was going to be a questionable call or they seen the questionable call they reviewed it and they knew because they had every angle possible mm-hmm. and I, same in the nfl when you watch those playoffs they they have a great they have an idea what the call is going to be really in my opinion before the guy on the field looks at the screen because they yeah. have a studio where they're looking at. Now, rodeo is not going to be that way. Right. But what I will say is with the WCRA having the rule in play right now or having instant replay in play, it would be a lot easier for these other groups to come in and say, okay, can we tweak this? Can we tweak this? Oh, this works great. But like you said, just because you have a screen, you can't have instant replay. Yep. You need angles. You, you need the GoPro on the barrier. Uh, you know, there's there's so many things that are going to have to be done to, to make it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I joked with you at, in December at the NFR. Remember I came on TV with the beard and oh yes, and yes. like I me. was you, I looked like rip more than I looked like you, but, uh, I made the joke of, oh man, I announced my retirement. Uh, everybody thought I retired three years ago anyway, but I did it any, you know, but you have been competed sporadically the last few years because of your health. But to make that call to say, I'm done. 
and you got to be done. Chris Shivers told me the other day on the phone, it's like smoking cigarettes. You can't have one every once in a while. <laughs> you got to be done. That's hard, isn't it? It's, it's oh, hard. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so we were, Lindsay and I were driving out to, to the finals and, you know, it was kind of getting to, uh, well, speaking of Jeff Metter. So I'm going to go back to 2021. I'm at Amarillo and I'd had hamstring. I tore my hamstring in June, kept rodeo and trying to make the finals. Well, in Amarillo, something finally gave and I was in the hospital. I had to go to the hospital. That's how much pain I was in. I was up at Salinas the next day and I got a call from somebody at the Cowboy Channel saying, hey, you're going to be at Salinas. Can you do an interview? I was like, hey, listen, I, I my hamstring finally gave out and I was, I'm was i staying here and then flying home. And um, and I said, I, I'm probably done. I think this is my that was my last competitive run. And the next day at Salinas on the Cowboy Channel, Jeff is commentating. So, yeah, Luke Branquino tore his hamstring. He's retiring. And I'm like, I hadn't told oh, anybody. Oh, oh. I hadn't even yeah. said told my wife. So she hears she hears about this on, on social media because obviously it got blown up. And she's like, what in the hell? You're just up and retiring. Don't even tell me. So I had to tell Jeff to unretire me. And anyway, then. <laughs> Yeah. So he unretires me. I have surgery. And, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. Am I going to compete? Then going out to the finals last year, uh, Lindsay and I were driving. I'm like, you know, I think my body is probably trying to tell me something uh, for the last four years. And I finally I finally listening. Uh, So she you know, she's like, well, what do you want to say? And she is a social media Instagram genius. Um, I mean, I don't I don't even, I, I mean, it's amazing what she could do with words and pictures and makes me look really good. Um, she's like, well, what do you want to say? And I, so I kind of wrote something down in my notes and the whole time I'm doing it, I'm sitting there bawling like a damn baby, you know, trying to hit every point I want to hit. And, and anyway, she, she pretty much, I cried into a bowl and she took all the words out, scooped them up, <laughs> and made this wonderful post with pictures Um but it's it's still hard. I talked at uh, we're down here at Region Ten at the seniors banquet, and I was talking to these kids and kind of I gave them the my twelve rules of rodeo. And then at the end, I said, you know, enjoy it because you don't know when it's going to be over. And I just broke. You down. lost it. Yeah, lost little it. things, little things. And, uh, and I'm scared yeah. to death that at the at the you know my speech at the um, for the Hall of Fame, I'm going to be going pretty good. And then I'm just going to get the ugly cry face and I'm going to need a tissue. I know you, I know you, you're going to, you're going to ball. You are oh, absolutely no, I'm tearing up just talking about it now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I'm more scared to death of doing that than actual speaking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, and, and I don't know, I guess when you talk about the hall of fame, uh, if it would have happened, you know, five, 10 years down the road, I think the emotion would have probably gone out of it. But again, I still feel like part of me is like, why the hell am I quitting? You know, I feel good. Hell, I've lost 35 pounds and I feel as good as I have in 10 years. But uh, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, I get it. I get it all. My, I put my stuff out and I've known, but my brother Will said he bawled when he read it. (laughs) (laughs) He's a, Will's a crier. Will's a crier though. So I blame my mom because I can remember as a kid, we'd be watching, I don't know, some is a comedy. And at the end, she just sitting there balling. I'm like, what in the hell are you crying for? She's like, I don't know. Football games, the team wins and everybody jumps out the field. She's crying. And yeah. I'm like, you freaking sh-. now, now I'm now you do. 
my mom, yeah. we used to make fun of my mom and I get it. I do it when I'm by myself through, through all this season, there's been times at home. I just kind of break down and I shouldn't well, admit that, but my mom always said, Oh hell, I cry when babies get baptized. That was always her thing. But and and for you, I kind of admire you. In I mean, I admire you for a lot of reasons. But you get to announce your retirement and finish it out how you yeah. want to go out. I yeah. feel like for me, that was the hardest thing. I I wanted to make the national finals and have a chance at another world championship. And you know, through injuries and and situation, I wasn't able to do that. So I think for me, that's the hardest part is going, I didn't get to go out how I wanted to, um, yeah. you know, Hunter Keir made the national finals last year, announced his retirement one, two or three rounds. I was like, that's, that's doing it. That's how, that's how I envisioned me going out. Right. Uh, you know, so to be able to go out like you guys are, I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, I've as many commitments as I have and stuff PBR throwing at me, they're making sure I don't second guess my, <laughs> my decision. I'm like you though. My, body hurts and my heart hurts and my mind I'm just tired but I love doing this stuff you know this there is another sort of satisfaction in what oh, we yeah. do here it's uh it fills that hole a little bit well and, sure. and again on the Luke Branquino show my show I feel like it's really <laughs> that's on YouTube by the way like and subscribe can you guys put that up as a banner yeah, on we'll, there somewhere we'll put it we call it an L bar an L bar oh, perfect yeah, if yeah, I yeah. send you a QR code you know, QR code yeah <laughs> Please send us a QR. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like talking to these athletes that have either retired or been involved for so long or just starting, it does help fill that, you know, fill that void. And it's so good for the fans out there to be able to get a better insight of these contestants and, and, you know, not just in the rodeo arena, like the cowboy channel does it, but outside of it as well. Yeah. Somewhere in my scrapbooks. I believe I have a picture from the Calgary Stampede of you body slamming me. I, just, or... I can pull it up on my phone. <laughs> right? Didn't you? Yes. Man, I, man, there was something about Calgary. For one, most of my career, some of my best friends were steer wrestlers because if shit goes down, I want you guys on my side. <laughs> Big Jake Reinhardt and you and uh, Rowdy Parrot pushed me down there one time. He's a little guy, but. But I remember I gave you a bad enough time. You body slammed me in the arena. I think it was muddy that day too. It might've been muddy. It, the chances are good that yeah. it was muddy in Calgary. <laughs> no, yes, but so, well, I think, you know, I just wanted to cover some of that and uh, with the replay, but more than anything, I wanted to have you on my show, according to Flint right here on YouTube, Spotify. <laughs> But I'm gonna uh, get you I, on the Luke Branquino show on YouTube and, you know, yeah. like and uh, subscribe my turn right back at you. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you took the time. I know you're busy. You uh, thanks it's for always covering an honor to get to sit down and chat with you. I know even at the NFR and, and all that inside the barrel, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Outside the barrel. Outside. It's, Either one outside. Yeah. Outside. It's outside. Now it's, now it's officially outside after this PBR year. So. Way outside. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's always good to see you. Congratulations. Hall of Famer, Luke Branquino. Get used to that. Put it on a t-shirt. Hall of Famer. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Thanks, buddy.